Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of Tricky Kid Radio. As always, I'm your host, Roy Turner. Got a great show for you this week. We're going to be highlighting uh, a lot of great hip-hop this week. Uh, you know, listeners of the show know that I'm a lifelong fan of hip-hop, and always a pleasure when I get to uh, showcase or fe- feature uh, one of my favorite hip-hop artists. And nothing also brings me more pleasure than when I get to kind of highlight or showcase an up-and-coming uh, hip-hop artists to kind of turn you on to and kind of, uh, kind of you know, raise the profile and exposure like that. So uh, the, the main feature today is going to be uh, on Dilek. Uh, they're a hip-hop heavyweight uh, from New Jersey. They've been around for, gosh, almost 20 years now. And they're on Ipecac recordings. Uh, fans of, of Mike Patton and Faith No More uh, are probably surely familiar with, uh, <clears throat> with that label. So it's definitely not mainstream hip hop, and that's kind of that's kind of the uh, the, the point. But um, it's a very healthy type kind of thing where it, it encompasses all types of of different styles and stuff that all uh, pinpoint to the source of hip hop, without mourning the idea of of mainstream hip hop. And so we spoke with Will, uh, who records under the name Dialect, uh, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear the interview with him. He's such a rad guy, and and they have a new album called Endangered Philosophies that Ipecac put out this year, and we're going to be playing some music from that. Uh, also joining us uh, from Dallas, Texas is going to be Jason Lyric. I'm going to be playing a, a track off of his new record that actually comes out tomorrow called Billy Goat, uh, so we're going to be playing some music, and hopefully we'll have uh, Jason on himself here pretty soon to kind of discuss that a little bit, but I wanted to go ahead and... Uh, and have you guys be able to, you know, to give you a preview and to kind of check it out because it's uh, he's a very talented guy and he's very cool and um, and the the music is awesome, great, 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 great stuff. So two very different, two very almost you know contrasting you could say styles, but that's kind of the point. It all kind of fits under the umbrella of what hip hop is, and these two artists uh, kind of expand you know the boundaries uh, of what hip hop. Uh, is and what it can be. So I'm excited for you guys to be able to, you know, to, to check that out. Uh, we're also going to be speaking with Philip Washington. Philip is a is a great financial advisor, uh, and he's kind of got his whole kind of you know DIY style. You know, it's a crazy world right now. You know, we need voices like Jason Lyric and Dialect, and we need people like Philip Washington um, that can kind of help us out. You know, I mean, there's you know we kind of live in this this kind of strange world right now where we're having difficulty in, 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 in you know, trusting and what to believe in and what, what can we believe that in terms of, of you know, just, just news, for, for Christ's sake, is, uh, is always seem to be perpetually in question. So it's, it's great to hear have these voices and have these people um, out there. And it's, it's, and it's my pleasure to be able to, uh, to highlight, it, highlight and showcase that for you this week. Um, Want to go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, so definitely so stick around for, at the end of the program. Uh, so you could hear uh, from Philip Washington. Uh, he's got a great, uh, great way for you to be able to invest in your future financially, uh, and a lot of great, great tips there. Had a great talk with Philip. Uh, so before we get started with the music, because I do want, definitely want to go ahead and jump right on in here and kind of get this party started, wanted to go ahead and give out some uh, some shout outs and mention a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, just got back last night from the Lava Cantina in the colony. Finally made my way out there to see Vince Neal. Uh, anyone, any listener of this show knows what a massive Motley Crue fan I am and 
when they uh, decided to call it a day uh, last year, we uh, did uh, about three episodes covering every decade of, of their career. But Lava Cantina is a great venue out there in the colony. It's a great outdoor venue. It's got this beautiful lake right next to it. It's outdoors, great food. Uh, and it was just cool, man. I enjoyed it a whole lot. So if you happen to be in the colony, um, and I think it's a chain. I think there's more than one Lava Cantina. I think that's the only one in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But um, if you see it, check them out. Uh, go online and uh, and pay them a visit. They also have a great lineup of music. I said they bring a lot of, lot of great stuff. Uh, I'm going to be there October 27th for – I'm going to return October 27th. My, my, my friends in uh, – a great Beastie Boys trivia band. The only Beastie Boys trivia band that I even know of. And they're awesome, man. They're called Rhyming and Stealing. They're going to be at Lava Cantina on October 27th. And they do it so well. I mean, they do the instrumentals they put on the show. It's really, really, really cool. And a lot of fun. Very entertaining. Uh, and also respectful as well. It's, it's, it's done very, 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 very well. Uh, I also wanted to give a shout out uh, to uh, Christopher Sanchez. Uh, he's a senior uh, media consultant uh, for Town Square Media in Abilene. He did me a real solid. I was uh, at what they call the Starplex Amphitheater in Dallas, Texas, and there was a mix up there at Will Call, and uh, I was there to see the Pesh Mode. And Christopher swooped in and uh, and solved the problem. Uh, and secured my entry. And uh, Christopher, I really wanted to thank you for that. That was a, a very, very, very cool thing that you did, and even when you didn't have to. So I wanted to let you know how much I appreciated that. So check out Christopher. He's got, got some, some cool stuff going on out there in Abilene at the Town Square Media. And uh, he does a lot of radio and you know web events and that, that sort of thing. So anyway, Christopher, uh, we, we definitely uh, appreciate you uh, you doing that. Um also, got some fun to talk about. Uh, November 5th, of course, IHWE Wrestling returns to the Ridgely Theater. Going to be doing some great stuff there. Uh, you know, your boy uh, Roy Turner here does his, uh, gets his Bobby the Brain on. Uh, you know, we recently lost Bobby. And then also Lance Russell uh, wanted to uh, give our condolences to uh, the family of Lance Russell, one of the greatest announcers of all time. Uh, we also just returned from Ardmore, Oklahoma. For uh, IWR's uh, big uh, Oklahomania event, and it was so great because we got to spend some time with uh, the greatest announcer of all time, in my opinion, of course, you know the legendary Mean Gene Okerlund. And uh, if you grew up in the '80s like I did, uh, even as a wrestling fan, you know who Mean Gene is. And of course, Hulk Hogan's great. You know, well, you know something, Mean Gene. There's something you don't quite realize here, brother. Like you know, you grew up with that, and. Uh, and I could hear his voice coming from down the hall before we even got to him. And so he was so generous with his time and had a great time with him. Uh, my broadcast partner, Tyler Foster, um, and I really, uh, really, really, really enjoyed getting a chance to speak with him and spend some time with him. And we got pictures of, up of that at our website at trickykid.com. That's what's kind of cool. You can go to trickykid.com after you listen and you'll see pictures. Uh, you'll get and all the information about the artists, about Dialic and, uh, and, uh, and Philip Washington, of course, Jason Lyric, and it's a bunch of great, fun stuff. So that's tricky-kid.com. Also find us on uh, on Twitter at uh, trickykid and the number two. Also we're on Facebook. Uh, just type in Tricky Kid Radio Podcast and it'll come up. My alter ego, DJ Tricky Kid, for all your DJing needs. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be out at the uh, Fort Worth Botanical Gardens on October the 28th. 
so if you need anything, uh, you can come rock the house. Uh, get a hold of me there or obviously at TrickyKid.com. Also, the best way to what you want to do is go to iTunes. Go to iTunes and just type in Tricky Kid Radio and uh, and subscribe because shows like this will appear each and every week, every Thursday, and it's totally free. Also, we'll ask you if you can leave us a review. It really helps us out a whole, whole lot. Um, if you're on when you go to iTunes, it really raises our awareness and helps us be able to bring you shows like this each and every single week. And we appreciate your patronage. Uh, one last thing: while you're at TrickyKid.com, click on the link for Office Furniture to Go. You know, fall's coming. People are kind of doing their thing. School's back in session. You know, if you need a new office, need some new stuff, click on OfficeFurnitureToGo.com. Uh, they'll throw if you buy something, they'll throw a couple bucks back our way, and it keeps the show free and keeps us rocking. Uh, one more thing is, if you remember the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Speaking of wrestling, back in the 1980s. You may have seen that new show on Netflix called Glow. Well, the original girls, uh, my girls Roxy Astor and Sunny the California Girl and Gremlina and uh, uh, MTV, all those girls uh, have this great thing called the Afterglow Cruise. And it's going to be set and selling March 4th, 2018 at a New York City Harbor going to the Bahamas. And it's going to be a great, 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 great time. Uh, go to afterglowatsea.com. Check it out. Go ahead and book your cabin today. Uh, it's going to be insane. All the original girls from uh, from the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and, uh, and what a what a great great time that's going to be. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and get into uh, some music here. I uh, the song is called Vibes. It's featuring another great uh, talent called Be My Fiasco. Uh, the album is called Billy Goat. It actually comes out tomorrow. Uh, if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, they're having a great uh, album release party. Uh, over at the Prime Bar. That's on Technology Boulevard. It's brought to you by 97.9 The Beat, uh, which is, uh, you can check them out at thebeatsdfw.com. So yeah, Friday the 13th, Billy Goat, Jason Lyric's new album is going down. So check this out. Again, this is Vibes featuring Be My Fiasco off a forthcoming album from Jason Lyric called Billy Goat. I might fuck her with my vans on Teach her tricks like a dance song She hands on, I'm handsome Might buy the Galaxy, no Samsung I got nothing but love for I, I brought Hennessy and drugs for Her lips off it in the fur coat Uh-oh, my Zodiac Virgo What's yours? I like mine with pretty feet She wasn't lying, she a freak Almost too fine to be with me I know my ex lonely Wish her the best only But put some respect on You it. took my love She's like, still there's no love lost Well let's get, get, to, get to it then Vibes on vibes, don't ruin it Vibes on vibes, we coolin' it Highs and lows, EQing it Gotta stay fly like the do Gotta know every move is lucrative Let me maneuver this They like damn, look cool with it They like spam, don't open up That boy lyric ain't new to this Act like I never ever knew the bitch Cry me a river, then soak it up mm -hmm. I like your vibe, I like your vibe when we in LA, we catch vibes. When we in Houston, we catch vibes. I like your vibe, I like your vibe. I like your vibe, I like your vibe. 
With all my heart until my heart gives out Sweet joy don't fail me now Watch who you show love to There's only so much room In my wheelhouse I got my sights set on An ocean view Feet in the sand Road in my hand At the edge of the world Like we coming to an end It was all a dream And she's a dream come true And she about to come through And she about to come soon and I'm about to come to, 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 New age Martin Coretta from the Mecca When looking for pleasure, but I found treasure This ruler can't be measured Another scene out of a love story Thank God for the setup I bless her, God bless her Top decker, despite hecklers They gotta crown us, kings and queens Let's not check us My ex started was until I checked up You took my love Still there's no love lost I like your vibe, I like your vibe When we in LA, we catch vibes When we in Houston, we catch vibes I like your vibe, I like your vibe I like your vibe, I like your vibe When we in New York, we catch vibes When we in Dallas, we catch vibes Probably had to jet back. Threes up, yeah, I rep that. Have you ever been this fly? Have you ever had jet lag? Again, check out the uh, the release party for uh, Jason Leonard's Billy Goat uh, tomorrow on Friday the 13th at the Prime Bar in Dallas. Uh, looking forward to having uh, Jason actually on the show to talk more about it and play some more tracks from you uh, from it uh, you know in the future and everything else. But it's going to be a great time tomorrow. I said a great new album from Jason Leonard. Uh Okay, so also coming up, like I said, you know, hip hop is uh, you know a, a wonderful and powerful thing. They announced the uh, um, nominees for the upcoming uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I was glad to see that LL Cool J has been nominated. Now, I know you, a lot of people out there debate about, you know, what are the qualifications for being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and blah, blah, blah. And we all have our opinions about that, and that's great. And, they, you know, one of the main things that people talk about is, you know, which band should be in and which band isn't. and and or they mourn that their favorite band hasn't made it yet, that sort of thing. But the really one that really seems to kind of bother me is, the, is people taking an exception to the inclusion of uh, hip-hop artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, and my whole thing is this. Chuck D actually said it, said it best whenever Public Enemy was inducted. He says, we all come from the damn blues, and that's true. And, but the idea, the spirit of rock and roll is the idea of music by the people for the people. And so nothing exemplifies the attitude and spirit of that more than hip hop. It's just, or, uh, it's just a different, you know, you know, brand of it. It's just a different way of doing it, but it, it encapsulates and embodies the spirit of all that is rock and roll. So to exclude hip hop artists from the rock and roll hall of fame, is a total mistake. Um, 
And so now, one thing that's actually kind of cool is that, uh, in Harlem, New York, they're actually working on building a huge, giant uh, hip-hop Hall of Fame, which is a long time coming and way overdue. And so to people out there that would say something like, okay, well, now that they have their own uh, Hall of Fame, why do they need to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And why wouldn't the Beatles or the Rolling Stones be in the Hip-Hop Hall of Fame, whereas they're in our Hall of Fame? And my answer to that is very simple. To, again, to exclude hip-hop from the spirit that is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not only to deny their rightful place, because, again, we all come from the blues. Again, the spirit of music by the people, for the people. But it's also one other thing, is that it also, by excluding them and suggesting such, is also a principle or a, a precipice of what is white privilege. And... It's unfortunate to have to include politics when we're talking about something that's so fun and rock and roll because rock and roll is the, the antithesis to politics. It's about freedom and liberation. Uh, but I wanted to, to include that because uh, it, it's very important for them to also have the Hip Hop Hall of Fame, not to divide us and not to separate us, uh, but to acknowledge the, the contributions to one specific part that is the specific, uh, you know, that is the spirit of rock and roll. It's kind of like if we had like, you know, a polka or a ska one and suddenly, you know, you wouldn't be complaining about that. You would realize that, oh, you know, that this is a, a very niche uh, subgenre that all comes from rock and roll. And some have just transcended that so much like LL Cool J or like Public Enemy or like Grandmaster Flash. And I'm hoping you know, down the road, we'll see so much, much more of that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, obviously, of course, we'll run DMC and uh, RDN. And, you know, down the road, many, many more artists uh, being acknowledged. And just for fun, to add some commentary, you know, when people talk about, you know, the legitimacy or the illegitimacy of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, keep in mind, Motorhead is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So whereas I would never participate in these toxic social media discussions about something so unnecessary, but let me just leave that right there, that uh, until Motorhead is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's just a practicing theory anyway. So anyway, so uh, so coming up, and, uh, and we're actually going to kind of talk about it a little bit, the Hip Hop Hall of Fame with Dylik. Uh, very excited for you to, to hear. Uh, Will is a great, great guy. They've been recording as he's been recording his dialogue since uh, 1999, and just recently reunited with uh, with Ipecac Recordings to come out with a great, great record uh, called Endangered Philosophies, which we're going to be playing some stuff from uh, during this segment as well. Uh, but yeah, they're currently on tour right now, so definitely check them out. So. Here is uh, Will from Dialic uh, calling in from Albuquerque. ...tour in support of their new record. Will, thank you for calling in, and welcome to Tricky Kid Radio. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So you guys, you said you're calling from Albuquerque. Uh, how long have you guys been on tour? Uh, I think this will be the eighth show, so we've been out for about a week. Okay, good deal. Um, so you guys get getting started here on this tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think we still have like another like twenty twenty shows or something to do in the states, and uh, then we we head over to Europe for uh, just for about three weeks. So there's a lot of a lot of shows ahead of us. 
for sure. Now, it, it seems to be that the the you know sometimes this happens, especially with hip hop. Remember how like how Public Enemy always seemed to kind of be like bigger or more popular in England than they ever were in the states, even though they were quite popular. It seems that you guys kind of have a bit of a stronghold there in some of those European, even some of in the Eastern European markets. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've um we've been lucky to uh to be able to do that for a long time now. I mean, we've been playing out there since '99. Um, but yeah, it's uh I guess you know sometimes uh you got to go like where the where the crowds at. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right. um as much as much as we love playing in the states, uh, it is a big difference between playing here versus playing in uh, overseas for us. Uh, so what do you think it is about uh, about your sound, do you think that the Europeans kind of seem to have connected with a little bit more intimately with than the American audience? Um, I think, I don't know, in this, I mean, like, this is pure conjecture, but uh, it seems to me that uh, people in Europe seem to care less about strict genres, if that makes any sense. Sure. Where, where a head that's, you know, a kid that's into hip-hop will also be into, you know, noise music or be into Sonic Youth be into metal, be into indie rock, you know what I mean? Like, they're not really right, sure. in, into into one specific genre. And, I mean, we're quite aware that our music, you know, our music incorporates so many different elements. Um, at its heart, it's hip-hop because of, because of my culture and because of where I'm from. But the way we construct it and the sounds and the palettes that, that we use, um, you know, I'm well aware that they're, they're not the typical sounds that are used in hip-hop. Um, so I think, you know, like, our, our sound is definitely, you know, it, it's not... It's not for um, you know. I've, I've, ne- I've, I've never got into this thinking it was going to be mainstream music. You know I mean, that was never sure. the intent. So, um, I mean, and obviously, I think I think you could tell that by by our content and by what we do. I mean, like I'm not. Sure. That, that's not that's not what we're after at all. So, um, you know, we, going into it, we understand that it's a it's a niche market. But um, I, I I guess I feel like even in the underground here in the states, people tend to stick to to their genre. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is kind of a, you know, it's kind of one of the things that is specifically American for sure. You know, it's it's interesting because you know a lot of the multi-genre, you know, festivals and stuff that you know were born in Europe for the exact reasons that you just said. It, it, yeah. it would be no thing to have, like you said, to have like you know, uh, like a, like a noise artist like Maldoror right next to Public Enemy, right next to yeah. you know, it all. But you said, of course, you know, that you come from hip-hop, and that's who you, you know, what you identify as. When you think about that and incorporating all those other influences, you know, to kind of create what is the dialect sound, you know, you kind of become your own influence at that point. So for for me, when I listen to, to, you know, the newest record, uh, Endangered Philosophies, what where did all of that come from? I mean, like, like, you guys have been doing this for a while, like you said, so when you... You know, this far into a career, where does where does that sound come from? Yeah, you know, um, there's been you know there's been a lot of change in the group. Um, we've been at it, like you said, for a long time. I think next year will be the 20th anniversary of our first record. Wow! Um, congratulations, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, that's it's crazy to even think about that. The the fact that we've been able to do it for that long. Um, but I, you know, like we've you know when when it started, it was myself and um, a co-producer, my co-producer Octopus. Uh, he's since left, left the band, but uh, now it's me, Mike Manteca, DJ Rec, who was the original DJ. I've gone through a few DJs throughout the career. Um, but the one thing that has always stayed central is this idea of 
not having an ego within the band and right. also trying to push music forward and trying to push ourselves forward. So I've I've just I've always just wanted to capture who we are at at that moment. Um and you know we've I think the main ethos has always been, you know, if 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 something is whack, anyone in the band has has the right to to call it out. You know what I mean? Cuz <laughs> right, right. at the end of the day, like I just I want to be able to I want to put out the best music that we could possibly put out. So my feelings don't get hurt when you know my co-producer or anyone tells me like, "Oh, yo, that one that I'm not feeling that." You know what I mean? Or like for sure, for it's sure. like you you need to have you need to have that quality control. You need to have the people around you that you trust and to have that ear and to have that opinion. And and trust in yourself as well, um, to kind of know like what what needs to you know what needs to get cut and what needs to come out. Um, For sure, I, I think you know at the end of the day, I just I, I love doing it, man. Like I've been lucky enough to you know to make a quote unquote career out of this, and you know and do this for a living. But the, you know the, the the honest truth is that I'd, I'd be doing this in in my home studio or in a bedroom if I had to. You know what I mean? Like right, I just, right. Like this, this is not only like what I do, but this is like my hobby. This is like my, this is my passion. This is everything. You know what sure. I mean? So right, right. Like I, like I, I'm constantly working on beats. I'm constantly working on music, so that you know the fact that I have an out outlet for it. Um, that's you know I, I'm just grateful for that. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, um, you know when when Dialect went on on hiatus, um, I never stopped making music. I just started working on different projects. I worked on um, Iconoclast. And uh, this other project, Phil Jackson Heights, but um, you know, I guess it was like maybe like four or five years that I did that, and then um, right. but that, but that dialect sound was always kind of like in the back of my head and almost kind of gnawing at me. So that's why you know, you know, with the first one we put out was um, uh, Ask Well for Eden when we first came back. And uh, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you about that too because yeah. So when you again, as an artist, like you said, you know, you have that fire that burns regardless. I mean, it's it's, it's not just a, you know your hobby; it's who you are. So there was about a six-year uh, kind of recording hiatus as Dialect, and you guys originally, when I first was introduced to you guys way back, uh, was because it was through Ipecac Records, and then you guys were able to kind of reconnect and kind of re, re kind of sign up with them to put out. Uh, the Eden record, like you mentioned, how did how did that come about? At what point? Well, actually, the um, the Asphalt for Eden came out on Profound Lore, so that wasn't on uh, on Ipecac. That we, was um, on, on. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. So basically, um, like I said, like those for those, I guess five years, um, I was working on. I never like stopped doing music. I just worked on different projects, did some tours. Um, I had this uh, side project. I'm still still active called uh, Iconoclast, which is more of a like stripped down boom bap hip hop kind of thing. Right. Um kind of something that I've always wanted to do. Uh so I I guess I did like an E P and two albums with, with that group. Um and then uh yeah basically just like you know like while I was touring with Iconoclast, uh we did like a couple European tours where I would encore with a dialect song and uh I could see that, you know first of all I could see that people were were still into it and secondly you know, like I was into it. You know, what I mean, like I missed playing those songs, so that's kind of how that that that's like what sparked the whole like doing it again thing. It was right. that, and then like, there was a French label that did a reissue for one of our albums. Um, so we actually toured on that, and uh, that kind of just reignited the whole thing. Um, and then myself and Manteca, my co-producer, we uh, we started working on new music, and it just it kind of just started coming out the way you know the way I wanted it to. So I see. Um, yeah, and then basically, a uh, profound lore. They had contacted us to do an EP, 
Um, and it was just kind of good timing. It was just like we we were working on new material. This label wanted to do an EP with us. Um, Ipecac actually at that time, I think the roster was like, we, I would have had to wait like a year out to put anything out anyway. So it just made sense to do it with with the uh, Profound Lord. So that just kind of expanded our family. And uh, those guys, okay. yeah, those guys treated us real well. Um, so we did that record, uh, did a, a couple tours on that. And uh, it's weird because it's like, you know, like the early records, like there would be like a, a three or four year gap between albums. Um, somehow, as soon as we got off that tour, we were back in the studio working on what became uh, Indasia Philosophies. Um, I see. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's been like a just high level, um, you know, artistic output. Like I made, I made the joke that I think maybe it's just because everything in this world is so so fucked up right now that, um, <laughs> yeah. that uh, you know, I just kind of want to get everything that I need to say out in case there isn't a world. Um, <laughs> that's what's so yeah. great about the title because you, you kind of like, you know, like how you know, you know, Tricky said premillennium tension. Prince called it 1999. You know what I mean? It's like what, yeah. what we're doing this year and what's happening to put a name on it and endangered philosophies sounds like you from, 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 from me, it's like, I haven't seen anybody kind of nail it like that. You know what I mean? Just kind of in a nutshell, because there's, there's so much craziness, you know what I'm saying? And to be able to kind of nail the current kind of, you know, what's kind of in the air right now with just those two words was really, really stood out to me. I appreciate Um, that. And as a writer, I mean, like I said, you know, for, for better or for worse, you know, there's a lot of inspiration out, like you said, about what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. But, but I mean, that that was that yeah. was kind of the, um, you know, that that was actually created more of a of a problem for me as as a as a writer because I I wanted obviously wanted to make a record that that touched on and spoke about about the things that are happening right now, but I also didn't want to make a record that was so. That you could pinpoint to an exact date, you know what I mean? Like sure, I don't, I don't kind of dated to this period, yeah, like in exactly. the future, right? Right. So it, it's kind of like I wanted, you know, I, I hope I succeeded in creating something that does relate to what is going on right now, but at the same time, is um, like the topics are broad enough and the subject matter is broad enough that it's, you know, you can listen to it at any time period and For it still sure. makes sense. Because I'm For trying sure. to deal more more with the human condition and and human experience, which you know, these are things that we've gone through before. I just don't ever remember it being like this, but it's definitely a unique, a unique time period. But at the same time, this isn't like, it isn't anything exclusively brand new. I mean, you know, the, 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 you know, Nero did exist. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we, and we survived it and, you know, and, yeah. and with thankfully with, with, with more voices like, like, like yours and, 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 and able to kind of speak out about it in a, in a much more elegant kind of kind of way. And, and again, it's not being, you know, of course, you know, oversimplifying it, but man, but like I said, the word endangered philosophies rings uh, very loudly and very truly. And, and, but like you said, across the, uh, the decades, it's, it's one thing that will never go out of style. Of course, is like you said, like the human condition and, and, and things that we've always kind of dealt with. Uh, you, one thing that, that I, I really enjoyed that you did um, was quite a few years ago. I think it was, I guess it was probably over ten years ago that you know DJ Spooky did that record with Dave Lombardo. Yeah. And uh, actually, you know, I, I'm gonna grab. It. I actually have it right here in front of me. It's um, was Runs the uh, death, right? right? No, yeah, yeah. Was the the assisted suicide uh, featuring yeah, yeah. Dialect. Your 
rhyme on that, especially because it's such a unique way. And like the the wordplay, the inflection of your voice, it's really a standout track on a very unusual record. I know that you're from New Jersey, and of course, I I lived in Brooklyn for about about seven years. I would see Spooky all the time up there. Was did did you guys get together geographically, or obviously Mm -hmm. he's kind of like minded as well? How that how did that happen? Yeah, we um we actually toured um <clears throat> toured quite a bit uh back in the day. Uh we did a tour where with uh Spooky, I think it was Megan F S and the Baldwin brothers, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um and us. So we uh we, we you know, we played a, a bunch of shows together and I remember he uh, he approached me with the idea for that record. And I mean, to be quite honest, I mean he, he had me sold when he said Dave Lombardo. Yeah, so, right, right. <laughs> you know I mean? Like that's that's all I needed to hear. And then I think that's the, next, the other thing you said was that Chuck D was on the album too. I, I think that's right, right? I think Chuck yeah, D's on. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was like I was like, hold up, I was like, you, you want me to be on a record with Chuck D and Dave Lombardo? I was like, Yeah, where do I sign up? You know what I mean? That's like <laughs> right. that's not even a question. So Yeah, <laughs> right. so yeah. It, yeah, so we, we like um I remember like he, he sent me he basically he just sent me the track for that and I did the vocals um at, at our studio and sent it back to him. But uh yeah, um, you know it's funny like that. That record, I haven't heard it in so long, and this is like the third time it's come up in the last month. I was actually at um, I went to the Dead Cross show, um, with you know Lombardo plays drums, right? Uh, for sure. And uh, I was with, uh, with Patton into that. So. Yeah, so so I was um, it's kind of funny. I actually I, I picked up Patton from his hotel, so I lucked out because they had a parking spot for me in front of the venue. Nice. So, um, yeah, so when I showed up, when I was leaving, there was like a couple of kids out there that I guess were waiting for autographs from uh, from Lombardo and from from Patton and them. And uh, the one kid was like, "Yo, dialect," and I was like, "Oh, what's up, man?" And I was yeah. just like straight up like I was getting in my car, just you know, ready to bounce, you know. And uh, the kid comes to the window, taps on the window, and like I roll it down, and he hands he hands me that CD, "The Drums of Death," which I was like, "Yo," I was like, "I haven't seen that." In, literally, I haven't seen that in at least I don't know since it came out. I don't think right. I've seen like, a copy of that. Like and I was just like, yeah, I was just bugging out that the kid would even have Because even, even though Lombardo was there, that's just, a, that's an odd record for him to have for Dave to sign. Yeah. You know what is, I mean? It is. It, it is. Yeah. So it was just weird. So like, you know, so he's like, you mind signing it for me? I was like, yeah, of course. But I was like, yo, I was like, now you kind of have to get Dave to sign it. <laughs> I was like, so I was like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay out here. Cause it's, you know, you gotta be on that mission. And he was like, yo, if I get if I get Dave to sign it, I'll, I'll send you a picture on Facebook. And sure enough, he did. I was like, yo, that's what's up. But um, yeah, it's funny. So like that, yeah, that, and then like um, someone else brought it up like, a couple of days ago too. So like, I'm bugging that like that that record's made a made a resurgence. That's cool. And speaking of cool records, let's play something off the new Dalek record, which is called Endangered Philosophies. Uh, it came out earlier this year on Ipecac Recordings. Uh, this song is called Nothing Stays Permanent which is, uh, I hope it's a great omen for uh, some of the crazy times we're currently living in. Anyway, check this out. This is a red track.
guys decided to take a, a break or, or a break from recording his dialect, like I said, you kept going during that six-year break. Um, when you were decided to record again for the to do the asphalt for Eden Records, were you guys had already had decided to kind of split ways? Uh, was there ever any consideration to reform? Uh, with the three of you, or even I know you guys kind of did a duo for a while because shortly after that, I think Chang was out of the band, and you guys were kind of doing yeah. it just just you and him for a while. I remember seeing a couple of shows there around that time. So, so yeah, talk to we, me about that a little bit. So yeah, so I mean, like we, me and Octo, like we, yeah, we. I remember we uh, still was out of the band. I think shortly after after absence, and then. Uh, Octopus and I like did a lot of touring on uh on what was that um abandoned uh, language. language and gutter tactics and we just had kind of like rotating lineups where we basically just kept it as the duo and then we would add on different members for like different tours and different runs. So within that time frame, we had um we had Joshua Booth who uh, who works with us in the studio. He would come out on keyboard sometimes. We would have lap steel players for certain tours. We would have guitar. We would have guitar players, um, and one of the guitar players was uh, this dude. Uh, it was this group, uh, Destructor Swarmbots. Um, okay. He, so basically, he's he's Mike Manteca. So he ends up in in the long story. He ends up being my new co-producer. So when when I, when we restarted, like it wasn't it wasn't it's not brand new members. It's all people that have been involved with dialect for a very long time. So I see. Like like Mike Manteca, he's been like he's been. Like dial like a guitar guitarist with dialect since the absence days, so like the do you know like it it just made sense because basically so anyway like after the um like me me and Octo toured I mean basically like I wish there was I wish there was a better like behind the music story but there really isn't right. um right. It, it's really as simple as the fact that we just spent a good fifteen years of our life uh, touring and you know we got burnt out you know what I mean yeah. like, we just got tired um and it was just a simple conversation like you know we were basically like yo like i think this you know i remember we were in switzerland and he was like i think this next show is probably gonna be my last one and he was living in berlin at the time and we were like you know only doing like rare like one-off like festivals and uh and i kind of i kind of felt the same way at that point i was like yeah you know i feel you and you know that was it it was like it's not like we ever like fell out of being friends uh you know that's my brother you know what i mean right so there's no there's no there was never any bad blood there was never anything like that it was just as simple as we had just done it for so long that we just wanted to do other things and wanted to take a break. Um, when I decided to restart it, uh, I of course approached him first. Um, he was living in, in Harlem at the time. Uh, and we were actually, we had both gone to go see uh, Kevin Martin perform. He was in Brooklyn nice. uh, as, as the, as the bug. And, uh, you know, I, we were hanging out and I was telling him, I was like, yo, listen, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about, doing some dialect uh, touring. At that point, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do more records or not, but we had that reissue coming out, so I was like, you know, I kind of want to do more shows. I was like, um, and I'm considering, like, you know, starting up and, like, writing more music. And, like, you know, he basically just, you know, told me that his heart really wasn't in it and, like, he was just into, like, what he was doing at the time, which I completely respected, you know what I mean? And, I kind of, you know, right. I understood that his, um, you know, his heart and his mind was, like, in, in the projects that he was working on. At the time, I think it was MRC Rhythms, and then uh, I think he's working on another project called Background Audio, and he just released an, another project, um, Third Culture Kings. So, uh, I mean, like, you know, my man, my man is, like, crazy prolific. So, you know, like, I, like I, it, it was, again, it wasn't, like, anything, like, 
my feelings were hurt and, and like I understood like where he was at. Sure. But he also but he also understood that this is something that I really wanted to do. Um so, you know, with you know, he was like, Yo, go ahead, you know what I mean? He's like definitely like do that shit. So right. with him not with him not um you know, not wanting to, to restart it, my you know, my first and really only cho- like choice really was uh was Mike Manteca just because, you know, me and him had already been working on a project called uh Bill Jackson Heights and um to be honest, like we had played some shows like in, in around the area in Brooklyn and shit, but we weren't like really touring and, and on it. And uh, the only reason why I hesitated to ask him is I didn't think that he'd be into it, only because he was so busy. Like he was running, like he had opened a, a brew. Uh, uh, he was like making his own beer, like he was brewing beer oh, and nice. all this shit. So yeah, so it was like I was like, man, like this cat ain't gonna have the time. But when I I told him, I was like, yo, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about starting Dialect again. He was straight up. He was like right away. He was like, I'm in. <laughs> so nice. Um, so that that pretty much like solidified that, and then DJ Rec was actually the original DJ even before Still was in the group. Uh, Rec was in the group when you know when me and Octo first started touring, like back in like ninety seven, ninety eight. So Rec was really like you know part of those like early years, like where you know like you know those years like when we were staying on right. people, you know in people's houses, like sleeping on floors, like that whole thing. So um, it it only made sense to you know to bring them back into the fold. And, uh, so it made you kind of come full circle there. Yeah, yeah, but you know, at, at the same time, it was also you know, the it, new it's, thing. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like it's these players that have all been involved, so everyone kind of knows the aesthetic, everyone knows the sound, and everyone knows the history of it, and right, has a respect, right. and has a has a respect for for what for what me and Octo created. Um, but at the same time, it's like we're we're pushing it further and, and, and doing what we you know what dialect is now. To so, kind of um, see what what it could be, you know, that's way better than some salacious, you know, corny behind the music thing. I love it that you continued. I love that you continued with Octopus's uh, blessing. I love that you yeah. DR, you know, because like that that's so much better. That's such a that's such a wonderful thing to hear. And 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 well, I got one more question for you. You, you sure. talked about him about him living up in, in Harlem, and we we started the conversation talking about hip hop and. And 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 the ideas of what hip hop could be, and and taking you know, and the, it seems like the mission of Dialect is to kind of to kind of take it you know to all these different places. And so finally, you know, over the years, you hear all this nonsense about you know who or who should be qualified to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, especially when they started letting uh, or inducting people that very much might you know should be inducted, like Public Enemy and Grandmaster Flash, and making hip hop a part of that and not excluding it. Um, at the same time, they're building a hip hop hall of fame in Harlem, and uh, and I'm very excited about that. And we're going to be doing like a whole piece about it. So what I like, my last question is that I love the idea that something like Dialect that has taken hip hop in, in in this direction and to kind of show what hip hop could be. I would love to see that be a, you know a part of it, like or at other artists that are all part of the hip-hop story, you know, kind of also, you know, not for fame and glory, but to kind of, you know, like I said, you know, be a part of that story and, and, and be included in the, in the, the history of yeah. that story. What, what do you, what do you think about that? What do you think in terms of like, wh- where does dialect fit in the history and the story, I should say, of what hip-hop is and what it can be? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know about where where we we sit in history, considering we're still doing shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> sure, but at the yeah. same time, um, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, 
I, I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll definitely say that I'm proud of what we've what we've accomplished and what what we've done. Um, and I think it, it's what you're saying. Like I feel like the beauty of hip hop is how different and how varied one group from another can be. You know, I mean, there's so many different styles and different different almost like sub sub parts of hip hop. You know what I mean? Like there's like right. it, it could be as diverse as you know, as, as very pop mainstream to something that's so extremely underground and left field and everything in between. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's something that people have kind of lost sight of a little bit just because hip hop is, you know, put, you know, the, the biggest pop music really ever, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's, and I'm, I'm proud of that about hip hop that it has become this like worldwide pop phenomenon. Like I don't, I don't view that as a bad thing, but I just feel like that's one facet of hip hop culture. You know that's what right. I mean? Like that, that's that, right. Like the, the, the mainstream radio stuff, that isn't the end all be all of it. There's so many layers and so many different angles and different takes on hip hop. And I think that, you know, if, if there's going to be a hip hop all of fame, uh, you know, you're right. I hope it does in- incorporate all of that, man. Like from like the, from the cool keeps to the, to the treacherous threes to the, you know, grandmaster flash. You know what I mean? Like all of that, you know I mean? right. like the, the Melly Mel's, but also the Tri Core Quest and also, you know, like the the Daylight the, 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 the you know, and also like the noisier stuff. You know, I mean there's like so many variants in it. Right. Um, right. It's 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 really remarkable. And then like that's that's just talking about like different styles and different genres, like, you know, subgenres. But then if you go you know, go around the world and see how like each country has kind of taken hip hop and created its own version of it, it's it's really amazing when you look at it. You know I mean, like the fact that I've played shows like you know, in, in Poland, and like I'm, there's like straight up, just straight hip hop heads, and there's like also experimental hip hop heads out there. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, and they have their own take on it. I think it's it's really remarkable how something that started in the South Bronx has become like this worldwide phenomenon that has like so many different facets and, and levels and layers to it, man. It's really, it's amazing. You because I mean? it's, like it's a tie that buys. It's a universal language. It's music by the people, yeah. for the people. You know, yeah. and I and I love hearing that from you that somebody that is very much, um, you know, like it, you know, doing things at the level that that, that you're doing it's very very niche that doesn't all too often you don't hear that from somebody in kind of the underground that yeah. doesn't kind of mourn the mainstream thing because you don't want to nah, mourn yeah, it either. Yeah. I'm proud of that too. You know, nah, yeah, I, yeah, like I feel, I feel like I don't. There's, there's two things I don't like that I hear a lot in the underground. I hate when people, I hate when people hate on mainstream hip hop because I think it's unnecessary. That's you know what right, I mean? Cause it's like, right. cause, cause I, I just feel like it's like, yo, like that's, that's pop music. Like you shouldn't even be concerned with that. You know what that's I mean? Right. Like if it's like, what, like, unless, unless you want to be in that, in that world, in that lane, why are you even concerned with it? That's right. You know what I mean? That's like, right. yo, straight up, like, like real talk, like tonight, like we're playing, we're playing in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're playing like the venue next door. Post Malone is playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So look, man, like and look, like Post Malone had people out the line, and I don't know how many people will be here tonight for my show. To be quite, quite frank and quite honest, but it doesn't concern me that there's like you know prepubescent girls that are lining up next door. Like that's a different audience, man. That's a right. different world. That's you right. know what I mean? Like, like why, right. why? Like I have no reason to, you know, I mean, to even like even think about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and that's and that's but, a healthy um, attitude to have about that. Yeah, man. but I mean, like, so, like I said, like that's that's one thing that I that I don't like, and the other thing I don't like was when people start talking about that. Oh, there's no good music anymore. Oh, that I, shit drives me insane because it's like yo, be like that. That just means that you stop you stop listening. Yeah, you, you stop I mean? looking. Yeah, yeah, you stop you stop looking. You stop listening because there's 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 a million motherfuckers that are making amazing shit right now 
some kids that are, you know, that are just starting right now that are making amazing stuff, and then other cats that you just haven't heard of. And I that's feel right. like that's, I feel that's, that's the beauty of music, man. I'm still discovering shit from the '60s. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. like, like I, I feel like the, like my, 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 the thing that upsets me the most about music is that there isn't enough time to to listen to everything that exists. That's my, that's my, that's my gripe. You know yeah, I mean? that's that's a tyranny right there because exactly because surely the guys should, like as much as I consider myself to be an authority or whatever on on whatever I like and whatever I am to, I'm sure that there is is just as much stuff that came out that same month or year that I've never even heard and probably never will. You know, and yeah, I want yeah. and I want it all. You know, yeah. So well, yeah, man, I'm like with I... you. I'm with you on that, man. Because anytime somebody says that, like that's like, oh man, they don't make stuff anymore. You just that means you've quit looking. You you yeah. have you turned off. You know, because like yeah, you said, you absolutely. travel the world, you hear people's interpretations. Uh, you know, like I, I want to know what Polish hip hop sounds like. I want to know what it looks like. I want to know what Hungarian trap music feels like. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, just you have to as long as you you seek it out. You know, and to be and, and to be to be honest, I mean, like music in general, like even like I mean, like even if if you want if you wanted to stay in in like the quote unquote more mainstream world, I mean, I feel like there's really interesting stuff that has come out. Not just hip hop, but like you know R and B. I mean, like yo, know, to me, like the Solange record that came out like last year. Yeah, like, that's like one of the best records I heard in a long time, man. And that that is like, a cool record. Yeah, I mean, and that that's I mean, like that to me, you know, that's considered like pop music, really. That's like you know, like pop <laughs> R and B or whatever. But if you listen to that production, that's sick production, man. Yeah, like, you know I mean? yeah. So it's like I feel like even if you if if even if all you're doing is like you know like listening to mainstream, there's still interesting things that are happening, man. So it's oh, like yeah. I. Yeah, I think we're living in a really amazing time for music if you let yourself hear what's out there. Um, and, and and that right there would not be an endangered philosophy. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough. I've really enjoyed uh, having you on uh, the show uh, this week, and I thank you so much for calling in. And uh, I hope that the place is... Uh, is packed and there's those people from next door. I hope somebody learns something tonight. Check out. <laughs> Word up. You know what I'm saying? So check out Dialect, uh, album called Endangered Philosophy, that on Ipecac uh, Recordings. Uh, you guys are out on tour. Like you said, you have a lot more shows ahead. Uh, where can they find you on the interwebs, my friend? Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram. Uh, find me on IG. It's uh, Dialect NWK, D A L E K NWK. Uh, all social media, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, dialect music or go to deadverse.com or to ipecacrecordings.com fantastic awesome we'll have a great show tonight man and i will definitely catch you down the road thanks brother thanks man we'll talk soon thanks man bye-bye peace, peace. once again I want to thank uh will from dialect uh, for joining us again great record in dangerous philosophies uh out on ipecac recordings uh definitely check that out and again they they're going to be on tour uh, all this fall, look them up, go see a show. They're awesome. Great, 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 great stuff. Okay, and so before we wrap up, uh, you know, like I said, I wanted, we're going to talk with uh, <clears throat> with uh, Philip Washington. He's a great financial advisor in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, and he's going to be able to uh, help you plan your, your future uh, when it comes to finances and a lot of great things about security. Uh, I had a great conversation uh, with Philip. Check this out long-term or short-term future financially. Joining us now is Philip Washington, based in Dallas. He's the chief investment officer over at the Stonehill Wealth Management Company. Uh, Philip, welcome to Tricky Kid Radio. 
Hey, thanks for having me, bro. Uh, so, Phil, tell me a little bit about your experience and in, in, in your background uh, in finance. Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of shortly go over how I got in. So I, you know, I I was a kid that knew I wanted to run my own business after after I realized that I was not going to make it to the NBA because I'm all a five foot eight. <laughs> and uh and I was like and I was like, Well I'm not going to the NBA but I hated working for people so I knew I wanted to run my own business and and so when I went to college, um I was like, Well what should I study? Because these guys can't tell me how to run my own business and um around that time my parents got into a lot of financial trouble and I had to figure out how to pay for college and all on my own. And I was like, Well, hey, my dad's a great, you know, great dad, will be able to teach me how to be a good father a good man, a good husband, but I can't go to my dad for money. So let me just get this finance degree and, and then I'll figure out the business thing. And so uh, on my journey, figured out, hey, wait a minute, there's a there's a business I can build around helping people make smart decisions with their money. Right. And so did a did a couple of internships and, and then my senior year, I got the opportunity to uh, run my own financial planning business um, while in college um, uh, through an internship and uh, that went well, went full-time with that company for eight years, and then went out on my own about three years ago. Wow, so, so you, have a, you have over 11 years of experience in the business. Yes, sir. And now, how can you put that 11 years, like let's say I'm coming into your office and I'm trying to plan something financially, how can you put that 11 years of, biz, of experience to work for me? Yeah, glad, glad you asked. So I I, I finally like I, I read. Have you heard Ray Dalio before? Of course, for sure. Yeah. yeah. He he's he's the master. So I read his book Principles, and I I was like, wait a minute, I need to. Uh, I in client meetings have created all these principles and rules that I learned uh, over the years. From uh, you know, you start with the textbook stuff you read in finance school, and then you have mentors who who helped me early on. And then you look at, you know, I've been, I think I kind of been in over 5,000 meetings. And so I've worked with people who uh, didn't have much money and made bad decisions people who had a lot of money. And so I began to say, okay, these are the principles that actually worked from what I was taught and eliminated the the theoretical stuff. And so um, um, a lot of what I'm doing is um, helping clients say, all right, you tell me what you want to do financially. And I'm able to, help you put together that plan in place to get to where you want to go based on, you know, textbook plus real life experiences. Uh, and recently I went ahead and just codified them. I wrote, I wrote, I'm in the process of writing all those principles out. Um, so I can share them with, with, with folks. Um, that I don't even work with. Yeah, that's, that's, so, the, that's, so that's, that's fantastic. And I, and I appreciate your DIY approach to it because I was also like you, I was, I started out wanting to be in sports. I, uh, uh, you know, I would play, uh, baseball in my backyard, and and uh, and I really wanted to be an athlete. And I realized, uh, thankfully, early on, that as much as my desire to play, I didn't have uh, what was going to be uh, the physical ability to compete at a, at a at a major league level. So I had to do something else too. And and also like you, I had to kind of kind of find my own way and and everything else. And I think that that in itself is a life lesson. So I think that not only uh, is your knowledge an asset to potential customers? But I think it's also your own personal experience. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that life lesson, because I know if I want somebody that's going to 
help me with my money and kind of tell me, teach me. I, I kind of need them to kind of have been hungry at once before as well. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I kind of, I kind of needed them to kind of know where I'm coming from. Uh, so what are some of the things that, that Stonehill Wealth Management offers to their clients? Yep. So we're, we're a fee only financial planning and investment advisory shop. So basically our clients will come to us and, you know, I do a no cost session to figure out, Hey, what, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? And I literally like say, here are the one, two, three, four, five steps you need to do in the next 12 to 18 months. And I give it to them as a, as a, um, thank you for, for, for listening to what we do. And then if they want to implement with us, then they pay us the financial planning fee to execute that. And then if they want us to manage money, we have an ongoing investment advisory fee for the, for the, for the money that we manage. And we manage all portfolios off the plan. So I don't, what I don't do is somebody gives me money and says, Hey, I just, I just want you to make some money on this. I'm like, I'm probably not the shop for you. You know, I right. manage all money based off of a plan. So, so it's not like like venture capitalism. It's more of a of, a, of the kind of a, of a more of a secure type kind of um, like you said, like the plans that you have kind of laid out based upon these principles that you are saying that are available. Speaking of availability, how can they find you on online? And if somebody wanted to contact you, how would they go about that? So um, I put out a lot of content. Um, on on Facebook, so my my business Facebook page is facebook dot com forward slash Stonehill WM, um, and um, my website also is Stonehill WM, like both management dot com. Uh, I put I put the majority of my content on Facebook, but I have a couple of blog posts on 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 my website that I keep up there that are. The best nice. written stuff so far. And, so and those and are the two. Best. Those are the best ways to to get a hold of you there. Okay, so yeah. so, so you have. Good, good. Well, I was saying, and if and if anybody will shoot me an email too, which which are um, both on those pages, but my email is pwashington at stonehillwm.com, and I always, you know, tell folks if you got any questions on anything, like email me, I will respond back. I'll answer gotcha. questions. I won't, you know, you don't. I won't. I give away like 99% of my advice for free um, just because you can Google most of this stuff. Right. If you're um, just somebody that's kind of, but, but that's, that's doing the management in real time. I mean, you could probably could get the information, but the actual service is something that's part of the experience. Is that correct? Absolutely. It's kind of like, and I give you another, another antidote. So I, I used to bench 297. <clears throat> wow. Um, or 295. I just gave myself two pounds. I used to bench two- <laughs> <laughs> 295 in, in high school, and I think that I'm more disciplined, more smart, more driven than I was when I was 17. The only difference was I have a coach. I had a coach, and I and I remember I know the workouts. The I can look, you know, the, it's not not knowing what to do. It's a matter of I had a coach, and that's what I do for most of my clients. Most people are that's busy. Right. They have jobs, careers, kids, spouses, and they're like I know what I should be doing. I just don't have anybody to hold my feet to the fire, and that's really what I'm hired to do. Well, so so the gym thing is actually a great analogy because if you think about it, it's like anybody knows how to actually lift the weights, but it's someone to actually tell them, you know, to make sure that they are lifting the weight. Somebody that's telling them, you know, how much weight to lift and and be able to cheer them on while they're lifting. And so I think that's a that's a great analogy. 
uh, to kind of apply to, to what you do. Because I think one thing about the financial game is it, it does seem like something that's intimidating to a lot of people because there's, there's so much at risk and there's so much that they don't know. And I know that a lot of people could be making a lot more money or doing better with their money and their investments. But again, either they're scared to do it because just trusting somebody else without without knowing really what's going on isn't really uh, something that people are all too often ready to jump into. So I like the idea that you offer them this kind of very hands-on uh, approach to kind of give them that kind of confidence that they're going to need to be able to plan a future. Yep, you, you, you hit it right on now. That 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 is the goal. And once again, so and and there is and they, can they they can do this over the phone? Can they also make in person consultations as well? Yep, phone phone in person. Uh, I like in person the best because I get to know them and they get to know me. Because I you know as a, as a fee only person, I I can't have a thousand clients. And right. So I want to make and I'm and I'm not a fit for everybody, so I want to be able to look the person in the eye and, and them get a feel for me and me get a feel for is this the right client. But I, I have clients that I've never met and I've only talked to by phone. Um, I don't I don't discriminate. Of course not. Of course not. And that's wonderful. And I and I like that approach too, like you said, you know, you know, much rather be able to be about quality versus uh uh instead of about quantity, which is, you know, the benefit of of, of, of any uh, you know, the charm of any, any, any maybe smaller business, uh, but at the same time still putting out a big, big product as well. Uh, so once again, Philip Washington, thank you so much. Again, Stonehill Wealth Management. Uh, again, he's the chief investment officer there. I uh, definitely going to want to look him up. Uh, again, uh, Philip, tell him, again, you're on Facebook there at facebook.com, and the, the rest of it is. Yeah, and, and, and the easiest thing, if, if you put if you put in the search bar, um, Stonehill is two words, Stonehill Wealth Management. I should pull right up. You know, gotcha. or if they put, okay. or if they put. Again, I want to thank all of my guests this week. Uh, I want to thank Dylik, uh for kicking ass on the road there. Uh, check out Endangered Philosophies. Jason Lyric coming through uh, with vibes. Uh, go to that uh, release party tomorrow, October 13th, Friday the 13th uh, in Dallas uh, at the Prime Club. That's going to be a lot of fun. New album coming out called Billy Goat. And again, thanks for, for Will, Phil Washington for blessing us with some great financial advice. Great voices all around. Uh, thank you all, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's important to have a voice uh, and uh, to be blessed uh, with, with that kind of information, of course. So once again, thanks to all my guests. Thank you guys for joining us. Again, look us up on uh, iTunes. Type in Cricket Kid Radio Podcast, click subscribe, and leave us a review. Uh, it really gives us uh, a great shot in the arm there. It really gives us a big boost there. So really appreciate that. Got a lot of great stuff coming up. So make sure you stay tuned in because next week got a lot more coming and a lot more fun headed your way. Once again, I'm your host, Roy Turner. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.